2: T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply.
1: What up, everybody? Welcome to another week of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here, old man Andreas in the building. I'm feeling a little sick, but you know what? No excuses. Time to buckle up, get ready for another week of combat sports, and you know, a little pop culture thrown into the mix. Dre, how was your week? I feel like it's pretty calm. You didn't travel, you got to chill with the fam. You're having having a great week. It seems like.
2: That's what you think. Um, my daughter's <laughs> son, I mean, my wife is starting law school this week, so we're trying to figure out this whole thing with my daughter and work. And it's the first time that it's like uh, my mom's got to watch my daughter like four or five days a week. So this is an adventure. It's a whole, it's a whole new world, man. Like child care, it's a whole new world. We're used to being stay at home parents. Both of us work from home. But now with my wife, you know, she has to go to law school, and with me, with all this, and
1: then traveling all next month, we got to figure this shit out. Yeah, that's bananas. Um, man, and thank, thankfully, Kennedy is a saint, and she, you know, never cries, never throws tantrums, nothing like that, so it makes it really easy to watch her.
2: You keep saying that. It's not true.
1: <laughs> I was just at your crib, Dre. She was nothing but happy, running around, eating a bunch of she pasta just, for Italian nights. Oh, She shows out,
2: man. That's that's what she does. She sees people come over and she wants to act right. But as soon as y'all leave, she be talking
1: shit. (laughs) She got a future in pro wrestling. She's living the gimmick. She she has the baby face gimmick when we're around. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. Um, All right, let's start this week off with uh, kind of where we left off last week. Nicki Minaj just can't shut up.
2: What did I say last week about insecurity?
1: (laughs) It's showing through. Like, come on. Like, now it's to a whole different level of insecurity. She she can't help herself. One, I didn't know she had a show slash podcast. Does everyone got a podcast now? Like, is this the thing to do? She's actively a rapper. So even then, mentioning Travis Scott and getting tight because Travis Scott beat her on the first week's sales on his second week. Is this the end of her? We asked it last week. They're like, oh, she's showing out, she's emotional. This might be the end of Nicki Minaj. She has to cancel the tour at least domestically with Future cuz they couldn't sell any tickets.
2: It's not the end of her, but she acting like it's the end of her. That's that's the problem. I mean, like I said it's everything that I said last week. Nicki Minaj is very very insecure and the numbers came out and proved it. Cuz it wasn't like it wasn't like Nicki got beat by Travis by like, you know, 5,000 sales. Or whatever the you know the uh, the criteria for sales are these days. She she got beat pretty handily by Lance. And She's upset about it, but she's upset like she just like she doesn't have the number two album in the world, and she's melting down like Donald Trump on social media, like she, she's she's <laughs> making statements that are completely ludicrous. Like you know Travis Scott selling shirts and stuff.
1: So are you? Like, <laughs> is it a crime to give away shirts with your album? Like I look, feel like man, that's a pretty good pretty good way to go. Her rollout
2: for Queen was terrible, and that's where it all started. The rollout, like I said last week, it was Kanye West Level's The Life of Pablo bad. It was pretty bad, her rollout. She came out with the wrong singles. She, like, everything was just bad.
1: Yeah, If she, she would have dropped that Biggie joint as a single, it probably would have had a little more traction. It,
2: it would have been a joint for the summer. Like, yeah. she, she, they, she completely blew it doing that. Nevertheless, Travis Scott had a highly anticipated album. Not to mention, the shit is actually pretty good. So it's like, and Nicki's album is kind of trash. But the fact remains is that you have the number two album in the world and you're still bitching the moment. What's today? Today we were recording. It is Thursday. Sweetheart, get off your high horse. Let it you go. Still yeah, let, let it go. Like, you're tweeting yourself into a hole. And I know, like, me saying Sweetheart is super condescending, but I'd say it if, she, if it was a dude. Like, you need to chill. Relax. <laughs> like, you, you have the number two album. You know what I mean? People would... would beg and plead and, and kill their siblings for a number two album in the world and you have that and you complain it but
1: every because other album's been number
2: one every like, other one listen here's a fun fact drake didn't have a number one single on the pop charts until i think his uh second or third album drake's a fucking superstar and you never saw, saw drake was like oh man i didn't sell that many records. like yo just relax you, you're, you're gonna be fine. You're making money. Are you poor? Like you, you going at Safari's hairline and Tiger's hairline? Like you doing all these things? It's just reeks of insecurity, which the new season is on. I actually love it, but it, nevertheless, I digress. Nicki needs to chill because the album's not good. That's her own damn fault, and people aren't buying it. She still has the barbs. They're gonna support her no matter what. So you know,
1: shut the fuck up. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think she's gonna shut up anytime soon. At at this point, she's trying to talk her way into being successful and drum up any interest. It, it's crazy. You do compare it to Trump, like she's trying to get that, but the barbs aren't really on the level of Trump's followers at this point. Like they're they're coming up a little short.
2: It's, man, it's, it's just dumb, man. Like she, people are interested in Nicki Minaj. People love Nicki Nicki Minaj. I don't. People do. And she's doing stuff to turn them off. People that are like kind of fair weather fans who are like here today, gone tomorrow. You see Nicki doing all this stuff in the media and you're like, I don't like her. And there's people that say, well, shouldn't you divorce like the artist from the individual? No, that's not how social media works. Social media has created this atmosphere where you fall in love with the entire package. People like Cardi B because she feels very genuine, very honest and very forthcoming. Nikki just feels very, you know, divisive and, and, you know, like, she just feels like a snake. Like, why are you talking <laughs> shit about Travis? Like, what does Travis Scott do to you?
1: Nothing. At all. Dated a Kardashian? I feel right. like she just put it all on, like, oh, his girlfriend had to mention it. Like, really? Like, Kylie selling makeup and shit. Like, I didn't know she was also capable of selling albums. Like, if my girl doesn't mention when I drop an album... Like, say we had this podcast and we were getting paid per listen and she don't share it, we got a problem. But here's here's
2: the thing though. Like are you saying that when Kim Kardashian's pushing Kanye stuff? Like if, if it, like if you're going to say about one person, say it for everybody. The fact remains your album was trash. Travis Scott had a better album that people enjoyed listening to and Travis like there was no real rollout for Astro World. People knew it was coming for like 2 years he's been talking about Astro World. But they never knew when it was coming. The album wasn't announced until like five to six, seven days before the album actually dropped. And people just jumped on it. Nicki's been talking about Queen. It was supposed to come out in June, and it got delayed. And then they, she put out like Chun-Li and, and all this other bullshit. And then it was supposed to come out August, and they, they pushed it back a week, pushed it up a week. Like, her rollout was trash, and that's part of the problem. But then the music's not good either? I mean, come on, man. Like, you
1: just got to chill. That that's a fair point because when Meek was dropping shit and they were together, she was the first one to blast it everywhere, telling the barbs to support, buy his album, listen to his single, like she got her following behind Meek Mill, or at least tried to. And then, it
2: ain't and, ain't that no, like <laughs> I don't. She she's not now deep. just
1: crying about it, and then comes the MTV video musical.
2: Yeah, that shit actually happened. You know what's funny? I had no idea. I didn't watch it.
1: (laughs) I just saw it on my timeline. Like, I watched it through Twitter. People actually sat down and watched three to five hours, if you include the red carpet, of this show. I saw the entire recap and the good parts in 10 minutes. And I put uh, good parts in quotations.
2: I watch, like, I'll watch the BET Awards because I, like, apathy tweet about it. Like, because they're bad, but there's, like, there's certain moments in the BET Awards. Like, they always bring together the really dope reunions that you haven't seen in a long time. But yeah, BET they, feels they like a black
1: Twitter too.
2: Yeah, uh, BET does like is a great black Twitter experience. The MTV VMAs. First of all, the fact that it happened on Monday, it's like what these award shows used to be on Saturdays and Sundays. Monday, Monday feels like a weird day to do an award show. At least it wasn't competing with like Monday Night Football or anything like that. Two, like why are we even doing video award shows? Three, <laughs> why didn't no videos. To, Yeah, like you don't. Yeah, exactly. Y'all don't even show videos. <laughs> But then it's, then I looked at who won, and, like, Childish Gambino didn't win video of the year?
1: No, that's so, ridiculous, right? Like, what? Nicki Minaj won something for Chun-Li.
2: Yeah, but, like, what are we doing here? Like, this was, has been a great year for videos. Like, between Kendrick's uh, All the Stars and This Is America, like, there's been so many dope videos. But it just feels weird to have this award show that nobody cares about. The VMAs used to be a thing. Like, 20 years ago. 99.
1: I remember watching 99 live. I think a dude scaled the the Statue of Liberty set. during The Raging Machine against the Machine dude. Scaled that. Like, I used to watch it all the time. And it was a point of viewing back then.
2: It's not now. Nobody cares. Everything's done on the internet. Nobody watches anything on broadcast television, necessarily. There's a few things that you watch. But an award show for yeah, it was like Cardi B won an award. It was like, that's cool. I didn't, like, I di- I didn't know what's happening. I didn't care. I woke up the next morning and was like, oh, shit, an award show happened? Like, nobody cares. So I, I looked at some stuff online, but I didn't care. You
1: I saw don't. the Nicki Minaj droopy butt picture?
2: Listen. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> it's, it's going the wrong way, Drake. I, I know we understand. You saw Nicki's body before Nicki was Nicki. I, I No, feel... I saw his body when it was... Like, it's, it's, it's worse. Like, I saw Nicki's body post
2: like post whatever, the first, second, whichever ones it was. Now it's just the, the maintenance for, the, for, for her body is out of control because it's like when she maintains it, it grows. And when it grows, like gravity takes effect. When gravity <laughs> takes effect, it's sad. And now it doesn't look as good anymore. I've never Look, I've never been a fan of, like, enhancements unless, like, you know, you had a baby and, you, you know, you want to fix your breasts. That's fine. But, like, it's out of control now. Like, it's, it's like they're built like these cartoon characters, like uh, anime. Like, they're built like anime now. Yeah. And <laughs> now they start falling apart. And, and, and it's not cute. You know what's really not cute? Have you... And I'm, I'm sure this has happened to you. Have you gone somewhere where you saw, like, a 60-year-old woman with, like, an old boob job?
1: You're asking you're like, this as though we don't live in Vegas and we don't cover fights.
2: Exactly. Like, when, when all the it, rich like, white Ew. men...
1: Like, when we go... That's what's crazy, because we always talk about urban loitering and stuff, right? During Floyd fights, we we detail the experience of people just sitting outside and all the ratchetness and all this stuff going on out there. But when you get inside these fights, especially UFC fights, there's overly tanned, just jacked rich white guys. And some of them, yes, have 20-year-old, crazy, fake-bodied women with them. The others have their women that they've been with all their lives, but they want them to look like 20-year-old fake-bodied women. And the six the 50, 55-year-old, like the crow's feet are coming out. They, the skin is kind of leathery because it's like 30 years of tan accumulated on one body. And the boobs have just... Yo, the, the worst part with the fake boobs, especially on like older women, when they spread to the right and left and you just got mad space on the chest... Like it's the opposite of cleavage. It's yeah. it's like it's like their tits don't want to touch gloves before a fight. <laughs> they're they're just spreading away from each other. It's that it's that disrespectful. So yeah, no, we I mean, we've seen it. It, it happens yeah. quite often in combat sports. We're just not see. We've seen bad boob jobs, right? Boob jobs were hot in the '80s, '90s. Technology wasn't there, whatever. Women get two or three. Sometimes you know. The nipples are looking in two different directions, like Bubba Ray Dudley. Shit shit goes wrong. But this is the first time we're starting to see butt jobs and, and, like, you know, the whatever the hell they're called, the fat transfers and all this stuff. And it's the first time we're seeing this and the longevity of these procedures, right? Because they just became hot maybe, like, seven, eight years ago. During, during your heyday of the music video, video vixens weren't getting this shit, right? Nah, not like this. This is outrageous. Like, if you were video vixen, you kind of just came naturally stacked. Or you were just mad pretty in the face.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, you know, women have had work done. But the way they look now, like, if dog, just if you scroll through Instagram, you're like, come on. All
1: the time. 100,000 followers, 200,000 followers. They just, the Dr. Miamis of the world. The surgeons have become famous. It's so popular.
2: Yeah, but, dog. Nikki, it just looks terrible. She's just, she, ugh, yuck.
1: It's gotten yeah. too big. Like you said, gravity, man. Gravity, father time, undefeated. And She yeah. got to do something. Like, K. Michelle took hers out. I feel like Nikki might have to go on the same wave. It's okay to be flat-bottomed, or at least small-bottomed. Like, perfect example, 50-year-old J-Lo. J-Lo probably had a little work here, here and there. But I feel like the rump has stayed the same. It's not obnoxiously big. It's just tight. Like, she's still a fly girl. And she's just shaking in front of A-Rod's face. He's looking like a toddler. He's just so damn happy. Like, he, he looks like when you throw on a good cartoon for your child on Netflix. And then they're just wilding out, but they just stop. And they're just like, oh, and they just throw like a fit of happiness. That was A-Rod looking at J-Lo Shake It this weekend at the MTV Awards. He's <laughs> living his best life. Like, he, he was so happy to just be with her and be like, yo. I've been seeing this ass from afar for four decades. I got it. Yeah. She should be the blueprint. Nikki's too far from that, though.
2: No, she's gone.
1: She she canceled the tour because she said she didn't have enough time to rehearse. Dre, what does she do that takes rehearsing? Is she a dancer?
2: I mean, she may have dancers on stage. I could see that being something.
1: She has other people who dance.
2: Look, man, I don't know. <laughs> what I do know is that I don't care. And what I do know is that I don't give a shit about why Nicki Minaj was canceling the tour. It's just like, dude, just take these L's. Just take them.
1: Yo, so you, once again, you, we talked about all the time, like, okay, you had Kendrick in the BT offices. They could try to front on him. You had Drake in the BT offices. They told mm-hmm. you to go do shit about Gucci Mane. You've seen these guys when they were so early being, you know, with the Hip Hop DX, the two dope boys, all this shit. You've always had your your ear to the streets and to the culture. Nicki was one of those people. Do you feel different? Like you always say, yo, it's dope to see Kendrick and, and go and do Kendrick documentaries and see where they are now. Cause you thought like, yo, that style of rap could never take it this far. Right. You, it's kind of like you're proud that it has and transcend it. Do you get the f- opposite feeling when you see someone like, yo, I saw them They have so much talent, so much potential. I saw them so early. I had them in the office and it's gone to shit. Do you feel that same way? <laughs> When you see these things happen, like when Charles Hamilton had his meltdown, I was like, oh, that's great. Like like and now we see like Nikki and all this stuff like do you feel bad when it goes the opposite way?
2: Yeah. I mean, with, with, like I said, when I met Nikki, like a lot of the things that I'm seeing now, there were remnants of that when I first met her. And uh like I said, we we you know, we did our blog with her and uh, we had her do a, a live video blog like this is when Beam Me Up Scotty came out. And uh, she was talented, and I, and I said it. And that's why I brought her up. Like, I was like, yo, we should do stuff with Nikki. She, she could rap. Like, there's not too many women that could rap. Like, this is 2009. So it was like there was really nobody else in the game. And, like, yeah, my boss was like, fuck off. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but I saw that she was talented, but she wanted to be. And Deb Anthony, like, if anybody knows who Deb Anthony is, she's on, like, Love Hip Hop, Waka Flocka's mother. Uh, Waka Flocka was actually in my office, too. I had no idea who he was. <laughs> um he was because he wasn't doing anything at that point it's 2009 i just knew that was deb's son me and deb were cool i haven't talked to deb in a long time but deb was like yeah she wants to be a pop star and i was like okay i could see that but what did she do she's like she could sing and i was like yeah get the fuck out of here but then i heard some stuff and i was like yeah okay i can see Well, oh, she managed work. nikki right she was nikki's first yeah.
1: manager and then nikki dropped was,
2: her yeah. yeah that's who like deb called me at the office it's like i got an artist i want to bring by she signed a young money and it was nikki so, uh, her and uh, Marissa Mendez, Marissa who used to host uh, Joe Budden's podcast with him back in the day.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Um, so, yeah. So, when I saw her and I was, and I got behind her because I was like, yo, this could be something. So, to see it go backwards, like, she blew up. She, she became huge and too big for me. Like, I can't talk to her. Like I said, she stopped following me after I said some shit about Lil Wayne on Twitter. Real petty. Like, <laughs> I... I remember, like, I called her the day that Monster dropped, when her verse of Monster dropped. We talked, and I was like, yo, you did it. And She was, like, mad gracious and cool. And then it was like, whatever happened with, like, me saying something about Lil Wayne being locked up, she just stopped talking to me. But now looking at her, where she's at now, I'm just like, it sucks because she's talented. Like, she should rap because she can rap. Like, the girl can rap. But now she's caught up in everything else, like this celebrity and the body enhancements. So it's like when I see stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, I knew you when I thought you were dope. I don't think you're dope anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the
1: Adrian Broner effect. That's how I feel about Broner. For a second, I was on the Broner hype trip. Because you, yeah, know, you see him coming too- up and he had so much talent. And, all that. and then to see him go left, you just sit there and you're just like, and we we have to talk about it, we talk about it honestly, and we joke about him and shit. But it, in the back, it's like, yo, it's so much wasted talent. That shit is sad. Uh,
2: Broner, Broner he's one of the guys I, I shot him for Jay-Z's life and Times. we spent like three days in Colorado with him and I was like yo I think this kid could be something he's talented he's, but he, then he just never got better which yep. was crazy and the fact that he never got better that was it that's what ruined it you know it was like he, he just never improved but that's how it goes Wasting man talent. it's uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Nikki at least reached the heights of heights but it's crazy to think like she won't stay there I mean, I feel like shit happens to women more than men. I mean, percentage-wise. Like, man, Lil' Kim was so high up and then just fell for a while. And she was on, like, the depths of the depths. And then she kind of comes back and people have this nostalgia about her. Um, Remy went to jail, so we never know if she had a fall. She came back and she was just hit the wave, running. But I I feel like Foxy just fell off a cliff one day. And that was the end of Foxy. So... Yeah, like, man, it'd be nice to have some longevity in the female rap game. Um, you know, and I feel like if you didn't start rhyming in, like, the early 90s as a female, you just can't sustain it. I don't understand. Maybe it's the the sexual rhyming type of style. Maybe, you know, someone like Ra- uh, Rhapsody can stay on a high level for a long time because it's not, like, overly sexualized. It's just talent-based. But I, I feel like the, the over-sexualized... Rappers kind of fall off. I feel like Missy will always be dope, even though she hasn't released shit forever. But um, the the ones who kind of, you know, just sex this, eating that, sucking this, like, I, I feel like it, it kind of runs its course sooner or later. So it does. That's, yeah, it's a rough life there. Um, all right, combat sports. We have to dive into the UFC. But before we dive into the real stuff, I just saw you tweet about this. Logan Paul is having a fight. Um, to my knowledge, listen, I'm I'm not of that generation. Uh, he's listed as an actor, but he's just a YouTuber mm-hmm. who does stupid shit. It seems like, um, and he's facing another YouTuber called KSI. Now I don't know what the yeah. fuck KSI does either. Is he British? You-
2: yeah, he's a YouTuber. He was uh, broadcasting, like, FIFA in, like, 2011. And now he's, like... His net worth is, like, 4.2 million. Logan Paul's, I believe, is 15 million. These 15 guys are, like, million? 15 million. My nephew loves Logan Paul.
1: What the like, fuck does he, he do? do? We are doing something wrong. Yeah, we are. I mean, <laughs> we're not, like,
2: 22 and not... You know, we didn't broadcast stuff on, on social media or on YouTube. Like, he, his Vine... Like, Logan Paul was, it was about his Vine and his videos and, like, oh, like that shit. It, I mean, look, man, this is the day and age that we live in. It's, it's like the blog era in hip-hop, like the YouTube era. Like, these dudes are making tons of money. And, yeah, I know what you're going to get at. They're, they're about to have a, a boxing match, an amateur boxing match at Manchester Arena in Manchester, England, that is probably going to be one of the most viewed competitive sports events in history. Where are they broadcasting this? Twitch? Uh, YouTube. And uh, for like 10 bucks. Um, KSI has already had an amateur fight before, which was on YouTube. And I think uh, 30 million people watched it. So... Yo. Yeah.
1: And this guy just talked about video games on YouTube. Yeah. a incredible. You know what? I'll give it to the KSI, dude. He kind of looks athletic. I mean, he's, he's yeah. boxed before. He's in so. the... What? He was in the Mayweather gym. Yeah. How do we not go and cover this guy?
2: How? Because you
1: don't know who
0: he is. I don't know who he is,
1: <laughs> but I feel like he was in there. He's he's taking. He's working the mitts. It's not going to end well for Logan Paul. Is there no weight limit? Can Logan Paul come in overweight? I need answers. Honestly,
2: I, I'm not really sure. Um, Newsweek News
1: has an everything you need to know about Logan Paul. Dre, if I was still writing for you, if you would have signed this shit to me, we would have had problems. It's such a detailed like I feel like this is assignments you used to give me and I would have looked at you like are we really covering this? It's like a full ass <laughs> tale into like a full history. Oh man, that's ridiculous. And then some dude named Deji versus Jake Paul. I'm not sure if there's a relation.
2: That that is their brother uh, to Logan Paul's younger brother and uh, I think KSI's brother.
1: Oh, well, I mean, God. this is a- like, it's a family <laughs> affair.
2: Yes, like, this is an event for kids who love YouTube that admire these these guys. Like, Loren Paul's also the guy, like, for those who are too old to care, I actually found this out because of my nephew. He was the guy that went to the suicide forest overseas in Japan and filmed a dead body and then posted it on YouTube. Why is there a suicide
1: forest? Has this been a thing? There's a place,
2: yes, there's a place, I believe it's in, I can't remember what part of Japan, but where people go to die. They hang themselves from the trees he yeah, he not went there to camp.
1: there when we
2: go to Japan. No, man, come on. <laughs> he went there and had his video crew, and then they, they came across a person who had recently expired. And they decided, they left, they were like, okay, this is too much for me, I'm not going to do this anymore. But they decided that it would be wise to upload this to YouTube. And the backlash they, they got hit with was ridiculous. You would think it would have been the end of Logan Paul's career. Alas, here we are. He's about to compete in a match, That's going to do a huge numbers. And they're doing one in Manchester and they're doing one in the States in February.
1: Oh, they're running it back.
2: Yes. No matter what happens, they'll be fighting again in the States. Cause they dog, they just know. I mean, people are going to watch this shit. Like my nephew wanted to buy Logan Paul clothes. Like Logan Paul has clothes. He has a store and he wants to buy his clothes. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you?
1: Yo, my daughters do the same thing. Like YouTube merch, Through the roof, I forgot the name of the dude, but my daughter Malaya follows him crazy and that's all she wanted. Oh, Alex Wasabi or something like that. I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe our listeners know somebody else got like teenage kids. I don't know. But she liked some dude named Alex Wasabi and just wanted nothing but Alex Wasabi merch. And Alex Wasabi has a girlfriend that YouTubes with him and she wanted that merch. And I was like, I'm not dropping $27 on a t shirt for someone named Wasabi. Like, I'm out here trying to support black podcasts and, and wrestle rap and stuff. You get a wrestle rap shirt. I give you no Alex Wasabi t-shirt. So, I was cranky old man. I don't get it. I don't get the generation. But if they're boxing, yo, know, the KSI dude looks like he's athletic. He's about to put the paws on Logan Paul. And I don't even know Logan, Logan Paul. It'd be great to see an upset knockout. What if Logan Paul just comes out and he's like McGregor'd out? Like, wide stance just crawling on the on the boxing gloves. second one should be MMA. Who's promoting this? Uh, I've had this?
2: enough of this guy. <laughs> Kale, you're really <laughs> indulging too much. Of Yo, this I, kind of, uh, had...
1: it's, it's incredible. Listen, it came on your timeline. You started me down this horrible path. Now I'm yeah, intrigued.
2: Like, my, one of my uh, UK writers was like, are you aware of this? And I was like, no. He was like, we should probably cover it because it's going to be the biggest amateur fight in history. And I was like, get out of here. And I started looking at the numbers, and I was like, oh, my God. But, yeah.
1: <laughs> Does it do more numbers I, than Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury, which we're going to talk about here in a second? Yes. That's incredible.
2: Because, I mean, because of YouTube. I mean, that's incredible. It's, like seven, it's 7 bucks to watch it on YouTube, so it's going to be the most streamed event. It's not like going to cost you $100 to watch it. It's but that's really the price of Showtime.
1: Showtime's free for the first month.
2: Yeah, so this is, what, this is what we've been reduced to. Um, amateur boxing match. It's like celebrity death match, but there's no death and it's just two guys.
1: <laughs> oh, so much better than Claymation. All right. Let's talk about real fighters. Um, since we've talked about boxing a little bit, let's just hop into that before we actually get into the UFC. Uh, Wilder versus Fury, who will not do the numbers of Logan Paul versus KSI. But it surely is going to be a better boxing match. Um, Fury came out this weekend or this past weekend to handled business and we're not surprised, right? Like, we thought Fury was going to do it. He did the lead joint against the ropes, not getting hit. He looked a fleet of foot. He didn't look fast. He didn't run. But, you know, the agility, the head movement is still there. He looked better than the previous fight. Uh, maybe his opponent was just shittier, to be honest, though. The best part, though, was Wilder Fury trash-talking. And them trying to get each, at each other, like before the fight, after the fight, are you buying the hype? Will the promotion carry this to levels where, you know, Wilder hasn't been as a promotional guy yet? We know he can talk, but he hasn't been on that national platform. Is this the fight that does it?
2: You know the term, work yourself into a shoot? Yes. That's, 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 what what, that's exactly that's what, what is happening here. These two guys <laughs> respect each other. Like, Wilder and Fury, they respect each other. Like, if you watch the fight, if anybody watched the Pioneer Fury fight, you saw after the fight uh, Fury was carrying around the WBC title. And then he shook Wilder's hand. And then Wilder stepped into the ring, and it was very awkward. Like, Wilder's trash talk got, like, a C- minus for me. It wasn't very good. Um, Fury's a, a pretty good trash talker. But these two guys just have a ton of respect for each other. And they know, like, if they fight... It's going to do big numbers. It's going to, you know, it's going to be a big, big fight for the division. It probably fares better. um, It may fare better than than Joshua Pavekin in terms of how many people actually watch the fight. I'm not sure because we have the zone versus Showtime, whatever. But these two guys are going to have to work themselves into a shoot. Like, they're talking, but it's not like real trash talking. They're just very clever with their words. But now they're going to have to get real life angry with each other like the whole scene at the (laughs) way where they were like pushing each other and it was like yeah okay yeah that was very pro
1: wrestling but if people don't know their situation it looks good two big men towering over a sea of five foot five people holding them back yelling at each other it's not bad so
2: so it's really a matter of like who's gonna be the one that says that goes too far because that's when this shit gets real Somebody's going to say it's like Fury will say something offhand, maybe about, you know, Deontay's daughter or some shit. Deontay will take it serious and be like, yo, and then they'll work themselves into a shoot. Then they'll, like, legitimately hate each other until the fight's over. But this is a big fight. It's it's the best fight that either of them could possibly have. It's a little too early, in my opinion, for Tyson Fury to be fighting Deontay Wilder, and there's only a second fight back after two and a half years off. But
1: But you thought this one looked better. Um, I mean,
2: this was like a glorified sparring session. This was mainly Tyson Fury getting 10 rounds in, right? Like, he could have knocked dude out, but he didn't have to. He really wanted to work on his conditioning and his cardio. Like, he, you could visibly see what he was doing. But now you're going to be fighting a 12-round heavyweight title fight against the, probably the biggest puncher in the heavyweight division. It's a completely different story, right? So it's like, I wish he got another fight in against somebody like uh, Derek Chisora or uh, Joseph Parker or Dillian White. Somebody. Now you're jumping into the deep water with Deontay. Like, I'm picking Deontay to win this fight. I'm not oh, yeah. Like, I'm
1: not... Fury didn't look that good. But still, defensively, he's going to present challenges to Wilder. That oh, absolutely. Wilder hasn't, hasn't seen. Like, really, the guy is pretty good at not being hit. He leaves a little to well, be desired with hitting people right now. The hand speed really isn't where it used to be. But the defense seems to have picked up.
2: Well the thing about Tyson Fury is that if Tyson Fury was active, I would have picked him to be wilder. I wouldn't have a problem doing this. I think it would I wouldn't say easy work cuz is way too um, unorthodox and reckless. There yeah. are things that, that Deonte does all dug. the time.
1: He has no jab. Yeah. He he just refuses to throw the jab. Well like he'll
2: he'll kind of paw with the jab, but like if he hurts you, he crowds himself. Like he, he runs in real close, <laughs> doesn't really use his reach. Tyson Fury is a better boxer by like a country mile. But right now, it's like you need more time to work on those skills. Like Right now, like working on your cardio isn't going to necessarily get you past Deontay Wilder. Not to mention the fact that you haven't been hit by anybody in a while. Neither of these guys you fought barely even touched you. Deontay is going to hit you. And it's going to be interesting how Tyson Fury responds to that. All in all, this is a huge fight, November, December. I'm pretty sure, I'm going to email Shelly Finko, but I'm pretty sure they're going to announce it probably tomorrow. They're supposed to do it sometime this week. Um, the That's exact quick.
1: That, that's what well, get the deal done. I like that.
2: Well, the deal's already done. They're just trying to figure out where it's going to be in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, what, what date? It's going to be a T-Mobile. Not sure what date. I think I saw yeah. November
1: twenty fifth is the only open day because you really can't move the nights at this point. So yeah, it gets I mean, a little dicey.
2: Then you can't really do it November twenty fifth either because that's like Thanksgiving. Oh so shit! It's like, it is.
1: Yeah.
2: So they're going to have to do it in December. Uh, more than likely, they're going to have to work with the Golden Knights to, to swap a date to do something because um, it's a huge fight unless they change venues and they don't want to really compete with the Golden Knights either. So they'll figure it out. And I'm, Like the deal is pretty much done. They just got to figure out the location and the, well, the, the date. The location is pretty much T-Mobile unless something changes.
1: That's I mean, I'm not mad at that. We get Shake Shack. So, you know, that's always good news for us. Um even though I maintain MGM is a better boxing venue yeah, and, and you know, we are just not going to see any fights there. The UFC should do some of their smaller fights there, but last they do not. Um, let's talk about the UFC. Cause that was it for boxing this week. We have the official announcement, Chris Cyborg versus Amanda Nunez here in Vegas in December, um, December 30th UFC. Lord knows the number of that one. Um, so I, I, let's just throw it out. I'll just call it 234, or something like that. 233. Uh, we have another champion versus champion fight. Are there too many super fights? This one no. has shelved Cyborg for nine months.
2: No. How many super fights have there been?
1: I, I mean, in the course of the UFC, probably prior to three years ago, I'd say one, if that. Now it seems like there's one every six months.
2: Name them. There's only two. It was of McGregor versus Eddie Alvarez. Yep. And it was Daniel Cormier and Steve Baby There hasn't been another one. Interesting. So the answers, the answers, no. I feel they like they keep him. trying to
1: make them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, now we're so having. Okay. Yeah. TJ Dillashaw wants one. Okay. Um, Still, I mean, the whole history, you get three in the past two years. We're on a we're on a nice pace. If you count GSP versus McGregor, which I still think happens, GSP never lost his belt. I'll count that as a super fight. I
2: don't. It's it's not a I mean it's not a champion like champions versus champion fights are different. Like Cormier versus Stipe was a true champion versus champion fight. Um
1: And now Tom what was for the getting... two divisions? Now it's Brock Lesnar, and the two divisions are on a standstill.
2: Yeah. But who cares?
1: Like, like, <laughs> oh, I mean, how you
2: changed. No, but I'm just saying, look at, the heavy, look, look at the heavyweight division. Is there anybody in the heavyweight division You're like, man, you're getting robbed of a title shot? The only person... You're just shitting on Curtis him.
1: Blades. Yeah, just...
2: He's the only one. He's the only one. He can wait. Yeah, like, he rushed no, to the he,
1: top anyway. Fight some people. Yeah.
2: Look at the light heavyweight division. Like, what is Daniel Cormier really ruining? Didn't Blades how lose Sangano? Yeah, he lost Sangano a long oh, time. T- yeah, he, yeah I, I, than...
1: I, he could run that back.
2: Yeah, but I'm just saying, it's like, come on, like nothing's getting ruined in the light heavyweight and heavyweight divisions. You guys can go beat each other up. It's, it's, like none of you really deserve a title fight. Like Curtis Blades doesn't deserve a title fight. Like what, he's working for. What's next Blaze for to
1: Gus? Because Gus deserves oh. something. Not that yeah. you're entitled to anything. He's had two already. Yeah, but I mean, you know, with Gus, go fight uh... John Jones. I've heard rumors John John is testing. We saw him on yeah. that list. John, John is back. We don't know when Brock Lesnar officially is back in the testing pool. Even though SummerSlam, which we'll talk about, he's a lot smaller. So he's training.
2: Um, well, yeah. I, I'm telling you, that fight is happening in January and February with That yeah. fight is absolutely happening in, in more than likely January. He looked good. The um, first big card
1: in January. But, yeah, I mean.
2: That should happen in Brooklyn.
1: Because I don't, I don't know if you pull another Vegas card after December 30th that quick. Sometimes we've had, like, an early February one. You can. Yeah, they, they've they gone late December, early February before. I think it was McGregor when he lost to Diaz. Uh, it was, like, yeah, February 6th or some shit.
2: They used to do them quick all the time. You used to have your year-end show, and then you'd have the Super Bowl weekend show. So that's changed a little bit now. They're trying to spread shows out. but Yeah, um, you know.
1: I mean, that's possible. But, I mean, Brooklyn has been getting that, like, you know— February, March card. That's not a bad bone to throw to Brooklyn. Their cards have been trash. So, might as well oh. throw them a bone and give them a dope fight. But listen, anywhere. Anywhere that it goes down. DC was throwing throwing a lot of shade during uh, SummerSlam at one Brock Lesnar. Um, let's talk about Cy- Cyborg Nunez. Does Nunez stand a chance? And it's early. Does she stand um, a chance? Because I'm going to say no. Because over the course of this podcast, you have convinced me, Nunez is good, but she's not overly great. She just really hasn't fought anyone to test her. Holly Holm probably gives her problems.
2: And I've said that for the beginning. I think Holly Holm gives Amanda a lot of problems. Um, Amanda's fought the right people. I mean, Shevchenko fight, obviously, but that was close. Uh, But Cyborg's just on a completely different level. And then she's got to move up to fight Cyborg, too.
1: And Shevchenko's, what, 125 now?
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, she, it's an she undersized. problems situation. with
1: a 125 pound champion.
2: So, you know, Amanda, does she stand a chance? She's probably going to be the best person at Cyborg's fault, uh, if we want to say anything about it. But I just, Cyborg's a fucking murderer. And uh, I like Amanda, but no, I think she gets blown out. Well, I'm not going to say she gets blown out. I'm going to say Ooh, that it, it stops that within two rounds. Mm, it might not. Like, like you got to remember, Cyborg and Holly went the distance.
1: So. I, I think Holly is a little more technical. And that's not she shitting is on, you know, she is Amanda, but Amanda's still a, she's the old school sprawling brawl to me. And that doesn't work.
2: She's got great jujitsu skills too. Like Amanda Years is a very good fighter. A lot but of people Cyborg, do, but does she use it? Yeah, she's used it in the past. She just hasn't had to lately. I was about to say not I for mean, years. I mean, in a current run, she's been she's been the more dominant stand-up fighter, so she's been able to use that. Now in this fight, which will be interesting because we've never really seen cyborg jiu jitsu either. No. So, but it, people say it, it's it, very it could good. Get interesting. Yeah. No, I've heard it's very very good. Um, but you know, this fight could be it could be interesting. I think cyborg wins, but. I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's going to be like a first second round knockout. It just depends on how Amanda wants to fight. If Amanda, like Holly was very technical, like you said, and kind of she tried to keep her distance, yeah. um, not engage too much to get hurt. And if Amanda comes out there, balls to the wall, let's do this, she's going to get put to sleep. But I don't think she's going to fight that kind of fight.
1: Oh, I don't. She hasn't moved backwards in so long. Like even the Shevchenko fight, she was the aggressor. It's been, it's been a while. And those Shevchenko fights were close. The first one, arguably, she could have lost. She lost on many people's cards. But she won it, ended up being the number one contender, and never looked back. Um, and then, before we move on, even to this weekend's UFC card, Olympian Kayla Harrison. If people don't know, she's a two-time judo gold medalist. Ronda was, like, a bronze medalist. Um, she's transitioned to MMA full-time. She's in, like, the PFL, which was World Series of Fighting. Um, working her way up two wins already, but she had an interview this past week where she says, you know what? She knows at some point she's fighting Chris Cyborg for the title and she's going to win. I think this is a pretty solid prediction given that Chris Cyborg, by the time Kayla Harrison is in the UFC, they build a promotion or you know, campaign around her and all this good stuff because they'll sell it. They're always searching for the next Ronda Rousey. I, I, by that time, Cyborg would be like 36. So I feel like that's a pretty yeah. pretty good way to go. But you still got to get in close to judo flip someone and take them down.
2: Ah, man. It's so early to talk about shit like this. She it's called kind her of up, annoying.
1: Though. I mean, there ain't shit else in the 145 division. So we say it's early, but this fight can happen within the next two years.
2: Yeah, but she ain't ready for that kind of smoke. She Not ain't, now. But there's
1: nobody else.
2: It's like, if you want to go get your ass kicked, sure, go ahead. Be my guest. But uh, <laughs> I wouldn't advise it, like. Chill out.
1: You think she has a bright future, though? I'm, I'm, I'm surprised she makes 145. Cause she, she was a, a bigger judoka.
2: From what I've seen of Kayla Harrison, uh, she looks like she can be pretty damn good. Yeah. But we also said the same about people like Paige Van Zant and a few others. Paige so, Van Zant's
1: not bad, but she's also not a two-time gold medalist. So well,
2: I'm she, just saying she
1: has a very specific set of skills. Kayla Harrison does, and. Uh, she is now, her last fight, she, she stood on the feet and lasted three rounds. No different than we see, uh, what's the UFC chick? Mackenzie Dern, who should be at 125. Well, that's, um,
2: but that's my point. Like Kayla Harrison could very much be just another Mackenzie Dern. And not saying Mackenzie Dern won't be good, but it's kind of early for all this hype. Just kind of chill out. Can we just, you know, can you win a few fights, please? Yeah, at
1: least she doesn't have three different accents. She's she's on a, a little bit better path. Um. So we had that. Now we have UFC Fight Night Lincoln after they didn't have a card last week. Um, it's real quick, kind of breeze through the card. Uh, Jake Ellenberger still fighting? This is yes, the thing did. that jumped out to me. It's He's part of the, my man, you've made some money. It, it's okay to just go and open up a gym. Like, it's okay. Um, I... I'm obviously not picking him to win this fight. Uh, he is fighting Blaine Brian Barber- Barbarina. So he's getting worked. Um, I, it, it's sad to see. I think that kicks off like the the main card. Unless John Moraga is on the main card. But I think it's four-fight main card. Uh, so Ellen Berger, I think, gets washed by Barbarina. Are you on the same track?
2: Oh, um, I'm picking Barbarina again, but I'm not going to say that Ellenberger has no chance. I won't say that.
1: Okay. You don't think he's he's passed even gatekeeper status to straight washed? Like, oh, he, he's sad to kid. watch him still fight. No, no, but, yeah. I, I thought he passed that. He, I thought he stepped through the gate after gatekeeper to you're getting washed and it's sad to see. Damn near BJ Penn territory.
2: I, I don't know, man. The thing about Ellenberger, he's still got he still has power. The thing that concerns me was him losing to Ben Saunders. But everybody else he's lost to? Like, look at everybody else he's lost to. It's a lot of good people that he's lost.
1: He's to. only thirty three. Dog, he's been through some
2: wars. And, oh my you know,
1: god! MMA is so unforgiving when you get into it early.
2: No, I mean MMA just doesn't give a fuck about you at a certain point.
1: Yeah, like it's just not built you know, for that that longevity. Yeah.
2: So, I'm not gonna say Ellenberg has zero chance. I think he could catch because Barbarina is not a huge striker. Barbarina's a guy who, beats say, North because people remember. Um, but I just. I don't know, man. Like, something tells me that there could be a something left that gets Ellenberger a win in another damn fight that nobody really wants to see.
1: <laughs> that would be interesting. Uh, we have Angie Hill versus Courtney Casey. Angie Hill is one of the best followers on Twitter. She is hilarious. The cosplay game is on a 1,000 every time she steps out in her gear. Um, hopefully, we get some dope weighing shenanigans. I'll pick her just because she's cool as hell.
2: Yeah, I'm picking Angie as well. Uh um, she's pre- she's pretty good. Um she's just had a few bad breaks.
1: Yeah, I mean she's had some tough ass fights. Yeah. As well. Um that Invicta run was still really good though. When she became champion, that really changed her and you know she's she's a good person in the strawweight division. Um Kome, Michael Johnson versus Andre Touchy Feely, one of my favorite nicknames in MMA. Uh, I'm taking Feely. Michael Johnson is so weird though. Cuz He knocks out a guy like Poirier, but gets knocked out by other, like, damn near knocks out Gaethje twice, gets knocked out by Gaethje. It's so hard to pick against him at times. Because you just don't know. Yeah, like, he got the power to put anyone out. Again, Poirier, who I don't think has lost since. He hasn't. And he put his lights out quick fast. So I, I don't know where to gauge Michael Johnson. I really don't. Like, he got dominated by Khabib. And, but in that fight, he was tagging Khabib. That's why people have, you know, kind of a caution when they're talking about Khabib beating McGregor now. They don't point towards, you know, his last couple fights. Like, oh, look it, Khabib got tagged. Because, um, what, even the Barbosa fight, he dominated pretty easily. They go back to the Michael Johnson fight. And was like, yo, Johnson was piecing him up before he dragged Johnson yeah. down. So... Uh, man, I don't know where to put Michael Johnson. I'll take Andre Feely, but I, I'm not, that's a fight I'm not too confident in my pick.
2: Yeah, I'm picking Michael Johnson.
1: Oh, For all wow. the reasons that you okay. just said. Yeah. He's,
2: he's, he's pretty damn good. and he, you know, He's had, again, another guy who's had a few bad breaks, but he's had some great wins. Um, and he's also gotten better over the years. If you look at Michael Johnson when he first came in versus the Michael Johnson of today, um, coming down the lightweight seemed like the right decision. I mean, I'm sorry, not lightweight, featherweight. Seemed like the right decision. So it'll be interesting to see how he performs. Feely's feel he's a guy who is – guy. I just, you know, he's okay. And you got to remember, he got knocked out by, uh, by Yair Rodriguez. Oh, this and is so, that
1: featherweight. Yo, yeah. that's – he's a big featherweight. He's Because he, he wasn't a – like, Michael Johnson, like, he wasn't a small lightweight.
2: No. No, not at all. So this is an interesting fight. I'm going to pick Michael Johnson, though. I think Michael Johnson is going to use his wrestling as something he's kind of avoided lately uh, to get the win here. Um, but I think it, it could be a decent fight. We'll see.
1: No, I think it's going to be a good fight either way. Um, Michael Johnson really does have boring fights, if anything, to his credit. He's never boring. Even the Khabib fight was wildly entertaining. Um, yeah. And then we have Justin Gaethje versus James Vick in the main event. They are doing Justin Gaethje no favors. Like, okay. he's so, gone through the murderer's this, row of murderers' row. Uh, I feel bad, man. I like the guy. as a fighter. He's a great fighter. He's always entertaining. The the chin never recovers, and he's been through wars. Uh, I don't know how James Vick really loses this fight. I hey, do. James, James Vick, Vick is not is, as
2: good as that. Look, look. James Vick is good, but he is not that good. Like, this, okay. James Vick is a guy who has looked good lately. Look mm. at his resume, and look who he's fought. The way Justin Gaethje loses his fight is if he's shot, not because James Vick is better than him. And I'm not necessarily sure that Justin Gaethje shot. Justin Gaethje lost to Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier, a former champion and a guy who was on the verge of a title fight. Yeah. Now he's fighting James Vick. James Vick's biggest victory is against who?
1: Uh, is Joe Duffy.
2: Joe Duffy, and where's Joe Duffy now? And the other guy was Francisco Trinaldo, who was ranked at the time yeah and, and, and then the, the crazy thing Abel is gagey's Ga- 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 the, Trahiel's the Trahiel's underdog Trahiel. in this fight and i i guess people keep looking at the poirier fight and was like man he's washed look man skill wise justin Gagey can get the job done he's gonna push ahead he's going to fight james vick also has been knocked out before
1: once
2: but, but neil darius just i think justin Gage wins this fight uh just Something tells me that, dude, he's not finished.
1: It's weird. He's I, I hope so, because he's so entertaining, so good. Talking about MMA just taking someone's soul at a young age, and not that Justin hes done, he's 29 years old. Yeah. For the wars he's been in, I, that's almost mind-boggling that he's not 30, that he's younger than me, with just classics under his belt that yeah. he should have another five, six years ahead of him, but the style does not lend itself towards that.
2: No, man, the style doesn't lend itself to longevity. And a lot of guys that fight like that, you're, you're never going to last fighting that style. Um, but I, I just don't think James Vick is the guy that's going to be the one to put him away. Um, I think it'll be somebody else. I think we look at, we're looking at this the wrong way. I, I could be totally wrong. Like He could be completely shot. I just don't think he is.
1: Yeah, I mean, and James Vick... He's had some good stoppages, but it's not like the power is lights out by James Vick. He tries to go, you know, all three rounds. And to beat Gaethje, you, what we've seen is you've got to put his lights out.
2: Yeah. You, I mean, you have to. He's not a guy that just kind of goes away. Like, you have to get rid of Justin yeah. Gaethje. Or he's
1: going to yeah, take your leg off. Like, he's literally going to chop your leg off with those kicks. So and you that better that put literally his ass out. That's
2: what I said. But that was my biggest concern. Can Justin Gaethje stop those... I mean, can James Vicostatos just engage in leg kicks? I don't think he can.
1: I don't know. That's the only bad thing know. about being like the taller guy in MMA. Like in boxing, being the taller guy and having the reach advantage is so good, right? In MMA, sometimes it works at a disadvantage because that leg is really far out there, and it's a lot of real estate for someone to just kick the shit out of your leg if they're good at it. That's why Jose Aldo, like, if someone was bigger than him, you're like, okay, they might have some reach. He was going to take your leg off with these kicks, um, that which he stopped throwing inconceivably now in his career. But I feel like is going to do the same thing. You might have swayed me to be on Team Gaethje for this fight. And I hope so, yeah. man. He's, he's entertaining. I don't, I don't care if he loses five times in a row. He better be on this Cowboy Cerrone plan where the UFC never cuts him.
2: Yeah, he's just too much fun to watch, man. I mean, get the guy paid. He's going to he's going to make you some money.
1: Oh, That's yeah. what he's going to do. And he, he's this guy. He can headline. You know what? You don't have to put him on pay-per-views. He'll headline your TV cards and people will tune in because they know they're getting I mean, sheer violence.
2: If you want a comparison that works for Justin Gaethje, he is the Arturo Gotti of MMA. Oh, he's a guy weird. who's going to come. He's going to fight. Uh, he may not win every fight, but you're going to get your money's worth. Yep. And, and the fan base doesn't care know, if he
1: loses. He, he loses nothing by losing.
2: It. Yeah, don't, they don't give a shit if he loses. And why should they? Like, you, come here, you came here to be entertained, right? So yep. this is what you're going to be, entertained. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Dana would never cut a promo about how boring his fight was. Oh. And, and the sham of a fight. So, no, you're, you're right. Damn, you might have flipped me on that prediction. Um, all right, it looks like we're transitioning to the last segment, Pro Wrestling Time. Got a oh, nice boy. little bit to talk about. Um, it's WWE heavy this week. Let's start from the top. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn Foe. Um, it was as good as any other TakeOver, right? They don't miss trips back in Gorilla. You know, his whole riding staff, the Bookers. It, from top to bottom, felt like one of the best TakeOvers. But we say this all the time, it seems like. Um, one day, we really got to sit down and like rank the TakeOvers. Because they just get lost in the mix now. They're so good. Um, we started with the tag match that we had seen before. And I was like, okay. It didn't seem like Undisputed Era really was going to lose the belts. The UK is opening up their own NXT. But I thought it was a good, you know, send-off platform for Mustache Mountain. And, and they delivered building off of their classic match from uh, the weekly television.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, this was another great match. It, 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 like, when I watched that match, I was like, oh, shit, the rest of the has got a lot to live up to. Because that was, that was a hell of a match. That final stretch. I mean, there's a couple things here. Tyler Bate is an exceptional talent. Like, watching Tyler Bate wrestle, he has been remarkable. When he was the, the UK champion, his feud with Pete Dunne, and now these tag matches against the, uh, the Undisputed Era, he's been really good. He's wildly also, strong for his size. Yeah, like that powerbomb spot. Yeah, he's, when he, when he he's like a little Cesaro. Track.
1: Like, he reminds me of yeah. old-school Cesaro that people like. Like that powerbomb
2: spot where he powered out of the triangle choke and then powerbombed Kyle O'Reilly into Roderick Strong, who had the stronghold on uh, Trent Seven, was great. Also, of inter- was interesting was how good Kyle O'Reilly was in this match. Kyle O'Reilly is kind of going back to the catch submission wrestler type of Kyle O'Reilly that a lot of people saw on like PWG or the early Red Dragon. Well, not even early Red Dragon. Some of the Red Dragon stuff. Um, And there was there's remnants of Sleazy Kyle popping out, too. Like, if anybody saw <laughs> Sleazy Kyle in PWG, he was a very fun Kyle O'Reilly when he was PWG champion. Those two stole the show. Not that Roderick Strong and uh, Trent Seven weren't good, because I thought everybody was good in this match, but Talibate and uh, Kyle O'Reilly, just, it, it was really good from front to back. I really enjoyed that match. I
1: saw something on Twitter that made me think, and I think I agree with them. I, I wish I remember who said it. If they're listening, shout out to you. Um, They said... It's very possible that Roderick Strong fits the tag team way better than Bobby Fish. And they should consider not putting Bobby Fish back in as the champion. Or at least having a free birds rule.
2: Yeah, I will disagree that Roderick is a better fit than Bobby Fish. Because Bobby Fish is pretty damn good as part of Red Dragon. So I won't say that. I will say that that Roderick Strong has been better than I thought he'd be um in this tag team really i had no, but, uh, no doubts
1: on roger strong i like roger strong backbreaker shit all his spots i i like his style
2: i thought i would miss uh uh bobby fish that's what i thought it was gonna be i thought i was gonna end up missing bobby fish but i didn't i like i enjoyed this but yeah. uh maybe the free bird will maybe not i don't know I, but I'm, I'm excited to see what they got just don't call him up to the main roster which we'll talk about in a minute
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, we have Velveteen Dream versus EC3 It was the worst match of the night But it wasn't a bad match It was a very was main awkward. roster Style match This this would have yeah. worked on SummerSlam itself um, The two characters were larger than life Which is a little different Than what NXT usually goes for But they still put on a good match together EC3 just Bruised up, eyes all messed up um, I think he's taking some time off after this one it was physical Velveteen came out with the tights, Call me up Vince leading to even more speculation um, but at the end Velveteen wins against EC3 well, to me like I, I don't understand, unless EC3 is going up because to me EC3 is a better main roster character than he is NXT but he can still find a nice little place in NXT, I, I don't I don't know where this puts both men after after
2: their match. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, Velveteen Dream needed to win a match. He's lost a bunch of takeovers. Exactly what I said last week. And is he win- needed to lose one? He can lose to Velveteen Dream. It is okay. Like the fact of the matter is, is that his next feud will probably be with Lars Sullivan. So take that as you will. Um Okay. But Lars gotta th- lose. There's really nothing wrong wrong with losing the Velveteen Dream. Neither of these guys should go up. Like people are saying EC3 should go up. Dog, do you want him to get lost to the main roster? Where the fuck does he fit? Yeah, no. Nah. There's nowhere for EC three to go. Velveteen Dream, even worse.
1: You can't right? go to SmackDown because there's way too many face. I mean, heels on SmackDown. Stop sending people to SmackDown who are heels. It's just,
2: it just doesn't make any sense to send either of these guys up. And people are upset about EC three losing. There should be people upset about Velveteen Dream losing. Like, he's lost to a multitude of people since on every major show he's losing to somebody. So, get this man a bone. Let him win a match. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with that? I don't know why people are so hard-ass about EC3 losing a match. Not to mention, like, EC3 is good, but he's not, like, a great wrestler. Like, he's a good wrestler. He's got a great character. I was about to say he's a great character. Yeah, Velveteen Dream's a great character. Still a work in progress when it comes to the in-ring. So, people call him from the—they want him to go up immediately, like— Look, there's already an, Eli- an Elias on the roster, so relax. You don't need anybody else to come this close. No, the,
1: the guy is 22. I, I'd be fine if he was in NXT for another two, three years. That's
2: what I'm saying. Because like, he's
1: 22 this. years old. It's what I said with the alters of pain. They go up. They don't have anything for him. You don't know what they're doing. These guys are 23 and 24. Why rush them up? I understand rushing talent up who's 36, like in EC3. He's like 36, 35, something crazy. Um, I can understand that. You want to get him up. You want to get him started. I, I don't understand it with these young guys. He get yeah, EC3 is 35. If he wants to go up, cool. But, yeah, like, these kids who are 24, 25, are they supposed to be on the main roster for 20 years? 20 years? No, just leave them, let them grow. Treat it like the indies. People are in ROH until 29, 30, 31. New Japan until that same age. Leave them in NXT till that same age, damn it. Give them some time. Four, four or five years in NXT shouldn't be... A bad thing. If you're that young. No, I dog, I
2: hate and we'll talk about this as well. Like I really hate what NXT has become in the sense that
1: didn't fucking enjoy yeah, the is, show anymore. this. Yeah, this was the main key, and we'll talk about, you know, it again when we keep going. But you said during the event and on Twitter that it's ruining the events, the takeover events. Because everyone who loses yeah, people sure. are like, oh, they're going up. Oh, who's getting called up to the main roster? And I I would personally like to see call-ups only done the day after Mania. Like, I I don't want call-ups. Like, if you didn't go up the day after Mania, your ass is in NXT for the next year, regardless of what happens.
2: I just, like, so many guys have been called up to the main roster after WrestleMania and SummerSlam, which is, like, the only, really the only two times where people really get called up. But when you start watching matches and you start going, you watch the match, instead of saying this was a great match, you start going, oh, he's getting called up. Like, if you watch social media, like, my timeline was littered with mentions about, is he getting called up? Oh, Adam Cole's ready to get called up. Somebody, so, like, have you guys watched the main roster product, first of all, and seen how shitty it's been? You want these guys to get called up? No thanks. Second, just enjoy the fucking match. Because a guy loses doesn't mean he should get called up. That's a, it's a problem that I have. Like, EC3 losing doesn't mean he should get called up. Wrestlers lose. Let them grow. Let NXT become a brand. Because the hardest part about NXT now, which is great because I don't see Ciampa going anywhere anytime soon. The hardest part is as soon as a guy drops a title, he's getting called up. Bobby Roode, Drew McIntyre, or Drew Galloway, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens. All of them lost the title and got called up immediately. Yeah, There's nothing fun about that. Like, let somebody lose and come back and try again. Let's make NXT a real brand. I feel like Bradley Samoa was-
1: Joe did that, right? He lost the belt and then got, like, another chance at it.
2: Yeah, but uh, what I'm saying, is, but the call-up to people became inevitable. And with Adam Cole losing the North American title to Ricochet, people were like, oh, it's time to call him up. For what? What do you want? Like, just enjoy the Undisputed Era. Just enjoy them. Like, Authors of Pain, as soon as they lost the titles, call them up. Because they feel like there's nowhere else for them to go. Well, the same question should be asked when you're on the main roster and you lose a major title. Where do you go from there? You rebuild. Everybody does the same thing. Like, NXT needs to be a brand where you should be allowed to lose and build rather than people watching it going, man, if he loses, he's going to get called up. It's fucking stupid. It's it's like it's annoying as hell.
1: <laughs> I, I feel your pain on that. Like, you were really like, just, on it. Like, it's coming across. Like, it was, you had to have said it, like, Every time, every time a match ended, someone was like, oh, this person's going up. You were like, again? Yeah, I yo, see you again? I think, like, people
2: started apologizing because they were like, oh, man, I didn't mean to upset you. It's like, it's not upsetting. It's just like, it's not enjoyable. It's like watching a movie and knowing the end is about to happen and trying to enjoy the movie. And people just keep talking. Oh, he's going to die. Like, I don't want to know that. Can I just enjoy the damn movies? Don't you hate when you watch a movie and people act like they know what's going to happen? And they're wrong? <laughs> That's like the worst thing about pro wrestling. People act like they know what's going to happen. Like we make predictions. We have fun here and there. But when you watch a takeover and people are like, this guy's got to lose because he's got to get called up. And this guy's like, come on, man. Can we just enjoy the match? Can can I just have that? And that's why I, I don't usually get on social media when I watch wrestling because I hate some of the chatter. And I was on this week because I was grading SummerSlam NXT, and I just saw it, and I was like, "Man, this is annoying as hell! Like, how did this is insufferable?"
1: And I love, I love that people at Sporting News are now getting a glimpse at your grading system. What? What's wrong with my grading system, Dre? You are the toughest grader. If you were a professor, which you still got time, if you decided in twenty years to be a professor, like. Uh, kevin Blackstone and still do your journalism thing i would not be surprised and i would tell my daughter or 20 years listen my grandkid whoever the hell's around do not take his class because he's just handing out c's like they're going out of business
2: give me you an know. example give me an example of a c grade that i handed out that didn't deserve it
1: trey you are notorious you you said it the other day what match was that we were talking, and I agreed with you that the match wasn't that good. I think it comes up during SummerSlam. When we go through the SummerSlam one, I'll point it out, and it'll come back to me. But I was like, yo, that match wasn't that great. Like, I thought it was okay. I thought it was good. But you gave it, like, a D.
2: And I mean, I get, look, I gave a D to... Well, no, I gave a C to, C- to the Gulag uh, Cedric Alexander match. Um, because That's I thought what it was. was
1: and I, I thought that was generous.
2: And... and I thought the match was sloppy, the end was sloppy, and it didn't showcase what 205 live had to offer plus the limited time. Um, look, I'm not gonna give everybody A's and B's because then it comes to a point. It's just like dog, it's I'll be the, the then same. So you gotta thing be like Meltzer
1: a. and give away A plus 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 pluses and break the no scale. Problem.
2: <laughs> like when I when I started reviewing albums at Hip Hop DX, I said if there's a scale from one to five, use the whole thing. Like the source became notorious for giving everything a three and a half. Everything got a three and a half. Some albums are trash, give them a fucking zero. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah. I just don't understand why you can't do that. Yeah, like why? I was handing out no mics,
1: zero mics. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, I gave, I, I've given albums like a half, like when I was at hip hop site, Das FX put out an album and I gave that shit a half because they tried. And I had their publicist calling me yeah. mad as hell. It's like writing your name I, on the
1: SATs. You just gave them a point yeah. for showing up.
2: <laughs> but, but I did that and they were mad. And I'm like, look, man, I have a great, I have a scale. Right? I would be doing the scale and injustice so I didn't use the entire thing. If I gave every album a three and a half, now it becomes too murky. Like people can't figure out what's good and what's bad because everything has the same grade. So like in pro wrestling, it's the same way. Like I reserve my A's for matches that truly deserve it. And then there's some matches that deserve an F. Like there's there's just some really shitty matches. So I and I'm very, like I'm honest with my scoring. Like I don't expect you to fucking agree with me. I don't do the grades necessarily for anybody else, but for me. <laughs> because of how much I enjoy the match, like if you think I'm doing it for you, you got a, the wrong thing coming. Like you shouldn't follow me then. You shouldn't follow me on Twitter. You shouldn't follow everything I do because I can give a fuck what y'all think. However, I'm gonna put it out there because people do enjoy the grades. They do enjoy ratings. They like to see that stuff. That's what people click through. So yeah, I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna I'm going to be a rough grader because I don't want to be given eight plus pluses, in like superlative, <laughs> like things that are ridiculous. Eight star matches. Some matches. Yeah, like some if it's a trash match, get that shit. Out. If it's a great match, give it an A. But that, make sure that A means something. That's my whole point. Like if I gave something five mics, it has to, it means it. It's not like arbitrary. It's not like Little Kim's and Naked Truth getting five mics in the swords. I'll never forget that. And that's when I was done with the swords. They got five like, mics between that. Yeah, Little Kim's and Naked Truth got five mics. Oh god. Okay. Um, the the album, Benzino's album. Uh, his crew got four and a half mics. That was the moment, I, and Blackstar got three and a half, and I'll never forget this shit. And I was like, <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I wanted to be a music journalist because it's seen ratings like that. And it made me stop reading the source because I'm like, yo, well, what are you doing? Like, Blackstar got a three and a half? And to me, that's like a modern day classic. Now I'm not saying they deserve five mics, but at least four, three and a half? If everything else I mean, gets three, three and, and a half, you at least
1: got to get a four.
2: But that's my point. When your grades become arbitrary, then nobody cares. When I saw that with the source, I didn't care anymore. So I came with my own grading scale, and I wanted to use the whole thing. So back to the essence, SummerSlam wrestling matches, when I grade them, every match ain't going to get an A. You might be like, man, that match was really good, but was it better than what I just saw between Kenny Omega and uh, Kazuchika Okada? Probably not. So maybe it's not an A. Maybe it's not an A+. Like, the A-plus is reserved for those matches. Things get interesting, but yeah, I know. People say, people say you're not the only one. People say you're a hard grader. So it is what it is.
1: Listen, I don't, I don't mind it. I wouldn't take a class. I kind of like easy graders. But I, I'm just saying, it's funny that other people get to see this grading scale that we've seen on the podcast for years and years and years. Um, so let's finish up NXT Takeover. We left off at Velveteen Dreaming EC3. So we have Ricochet versus Adam Cole, my match of the night. And I'm not being biased. It wasn't my match.
2: <laughs> it wasn't my match tonight. But it was a very good match. I, I, I love Ciampa and Gargano, yeah. but, um, It hit stride, it. though.
1: That, that second gear kicked into right after, what, the super kick to the throat? Yes, yes. Which never is like people, down.
2: it's crazy because I was watching that match. People were like, I've never seen that, dog. They've done that spot like a million times at PWG. But um, the match itself, like it started off slow. Um, and, and it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It worked its way up. Uh, Rick say got a title, and I I'm happy to see the guy a title. I didn't like I said but last week. I thought that Adam Cole needed to establish the title, but if this is the direction we're gonna go, listen, Rick say needs to hold this title for at least six months.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I don't see anyone taking it off. him.
2: You just can't take you can't move this title around a lot. Like this title needs to mean something to somebody. Like Pete Dunn has held the UK title since its inception. <laughs> After he beat Tyler Bates, he's had it ever since.
1: Which is smart. So like, he might be the longest-running yeah. champion
2: in the company now. yeah, I think he is. Yeah, um, think I'm pretty sure. Styles, yeah. So, the, the match itself was great. Um, the final stretch was really good. Yeah, I mean, they started slapping the shit, punching the shit out of each other. Uh, the great exchanges. I mean, this was a really good match. Um, also, they're giving Ricochet a lot more mic time, which I didn't expect. And he's not as cringy as he was when he first showed up. He's no. Getting better. He's just a
1: little too cool for school still.
2: Yeah, still that's my problem with Ricochet's promos. It's like he, he like when he was being interviewed during the summer, the uh what was that, the NXT Takeover pre-show? I felt like he was just really like nonchalant. It didn't come across right. Um yeah. he's still he's still a work in progress, but and he's like, like, okay,
1: bro, okay. Like I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, you're a little too cool for school, but alright. Yeah,
2: so. I mean, that being said, I enjoyed this match. Ricochet's the North American champ. I hope he does the title justice. They kind of tease on NXT, a feud with him and Pete Dunne. That would be really fun. I love but, that. Uh,
1: UK versus North American champion. Oh, yeah. And the styles are so different. That'd be an incredible match. Um, yeah. And then we have Kari Sane versus Shayna Baszler. The best Shayna Baszler match I've seen. Yeah, and this top their May Young Classic match, which we were there for, for the finals. Yeah. It was like after SmackDown. It was here in Vegas, and I thought that was a good match. This was so much better, it, but it really just showed me how good Kyrie Sane is, and they kind of yeah, let Kyrie, her open up.
2: Kyrie Sane is like she's really good. I'm. I'll say it again. I'm a little surprised they took the title off of Baszler because I wasn't sure who she's going to be without it. Yeah, but it seems like with the arrival of Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke. Still weird seeing Ronda Rousey hanging around her. Um,
1: maybe this isn't roster... the end of her. Maybe she just gets – she cruises up and gets well, no, another that... level of badassery.
2: And you might – and that's what – you might be right. And this was another match. People, like, Shane is getting called up. It's like, no. Like, let like with Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir there, that means that they definitely are going to try to form their little stable. And mm-hmm. eventually maybe they meet Ronda um, at the main roster. But right now I think it's wise for – like, I don't – Baszler has been improving incrementally every match. I didn't like the Nikki Cross match, but there were things that she was doing where I was like, okay, I like her limb work a little bit better. Yeah. This match was like the epitome of all of her work. She's still a work in progress, but due to Kari Sane being a really good in-ring general, this was a very good match. It's the best women's match we've had since the Oscar era. <laughs> the Oscar era, like she's
1: dead. <laughs> like, she, was, she made me. She was, she was jobbing and breaking up a, a, a fight between two other people. Um. But no, yeah, It was yeah.
2: a good match. Kairi saying, "I don't know how long she'll hold on this title. It doesn't feel like she'll have it for a long time. I think they gets to get her hands back on the title at some point. But it was a good, it was yeah. a good match. The fitness was surprising as well.
1: Yeah, I thought that was good. Kairi saying is someone, uh, once again, the character in the Pirate Princess character could probably stand alone without the title. Yeah. So now that she's a champion once, she doesn't have to hold it for a long reign. Um, one of the dark matches that aired on NXT TV. We always get to see the cool dark matches after um, the next week. Bianca Belair. It's going to be tough to keep the belt off of her. Tough. And they just signed Deanna Perrazzo, who they had before, but she really wasn't doing anything. She left, she um went to Women of Honor and a couple other promotions and really took off. Um and then came back. And her and Bianca Blair, it was a six-minute match. That shit seemed like it was 10, 12. 15. So much action, so many good spots, so many good moves. They're both really, really good wrestlers. And uh, man, it was a showcase for Bianca Belair and just that athleticism. It, it, it's polarizing. Yeah. So, they'll slow play it because the character's developing. We're going to see, does she go full heel character and be that asshole and really bring out that end of her? Does she kind of play this tweener role? But oof, it's going to be hard to keep her away from this title picture for for a long time.
2: No, I mean, I mean, I don't expect them to keep them away for for too long. Bianca's going to get her time. Um, I hope – she's undefeated. Aside from losing at the Mayweather Classic, she hasn't lost. Um, and I hope they kind of slow play like they did with Asuka, just have her kind of go through people to get to the title. But she's good. She's still green in some areas. Um, the character's there. She's enjoyable to watch. She's extraordinarily athletic. And she does everything right. And is really good, too. Um, so – NXT is in good hands. If they, if, you know, if they keep the roster the way it is and stop moving people around, they got a really fun roster of people. I'd still like them to add 30 minutes to the weekly, maybe not an entire hour. but uh, They have God, to
1: because like, there's so much women's talent now. Like The women's I mean, is division was kind of depleted, and then now they just read up to the point where easily, well, you can't say this about the men's side, easily they have the best women's roster in the world. Easily.
2: Um, I mean, Shimmer's really good, but...
1: They just took their best two people.
2: Yeah, I mean... Like, I mean, literally it, just it, took their best two stars. Yeah, but I mean, like, overall, Shimmer has a great roster. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the NXT is... I mean, they're doing really good things with women talent. Um, and we'll talk about SummerSlam in a minute, but I feel like they're de-evolving the women's evolution, the way they're kind of playing some of these people. But, uh, yeah, I mean, women's wrestling is fun to watch, like...
1: It's the that. best it's ever been. Um, and then we have Tommaso Ciampa versus Jardin Gargano. 33 minutes. Uh, wow. It, I mean, they can fight forever. I really? thought it was great that Aleister Black wasn't a part of it. I feel bad saying that. Because um, Aleister Black needed it and the character probably needed it. This added so much to the rivalry instead of feud. And I, I didn't want to believe that Ciampa would keep the belt. But you were right. That's
2: what had to happen, dude. He's he's so much better with the title, just because he's such a dick. But he's he, such a dick.
1: he's the best heel in the company right
2: now. He is, but now we're, we're well, approaching Samoa Joe. Story. No
1: disrespect to Samoa Joe, he's doing great work. But Chomp well, is the mean,
2: best heel. Yeah, Chomp has been embroiled in this feud for a while, so it, it kind of it makes sense that he's the best heel in the business. Samoa Joe is on another level, just entirely. They're finally letting him hit his stride on on uh, SmackDown. Anyway, this match was. Made me start questioning where this ranks in the greatest feuds in pro wrestling history. And somebody was like, "It's kind of premature." I'm like motherfucker, this feud's been going on for over a year. It's not premature to talk about this. Um, the fact that they are in such a blood rivalry, but have had three really good matches. You know, if you if they're not five star they're pretty damn close. There aren't too many feuds that have had multiple matches with this much heat that have been this good. Flair Steamboat immediately comes to mind. Somebody said Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. I don't know. When I really think about the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels feud...
1: Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I, I'd probably poke Rock... Rock Stone Cold above that.
2: Oh, yeah. Rock, like, Rock Austin was a... Like, and it spanned over multiple years. And they yeah. met, it, it met different variations in their careers. So, like, rock, rock Austin, up- to me, is above...
1: And, and I, you know, I'm a huge APK guy. I am Bret Hart guy, for that matter. But there. Like Sean taking the time off, Brett's like heel turn kind of, like it, it. It went, and I'd probably say total time it was only probably like ten months. I mean, for look, feud. Brett.
2: I personally think Shampa Gargano is a better feud than Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. I think personally.
1: so. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but you know, but I think it's approaching that territory where you look at certain feuds like like we said, Rock Austin. It may not be touching that yet. But this is a really good story. To I feel like this isn't the end of it, during. right?
1: Like, it, it's no, going to keep going.
2: I think the wise thing here is play, uh, like, whether Gargano's legitimately injured or not, which I think this is kayfabe, keep him out of the picture for a while, and have, he needs to come back next year. Like, we don't need to see Gargano for the rest of the year, not to feud with Ciampa. We need to see Ciampa in another feud. Yeah. and bring this shit back around. Because there are people that are going to be exhausted with seeing them headline every takeover. Like, if they headline takeover again, they will have headlined every takeover for 2018.
1: It's <laughs> just incredible. That'd be War Games, right?
2: Man. Yeah, War Games is the next one, and that's going to be the last one of the year. But um, that means it would have headlined every single takeover. That's a so lot. they need a break. They need a break. But this the match itself was great. I mean, the, the callbacks, the previous matches, the ring apron, the handcuffs. Uh, the spot where where Ciampa just threw everything on top of Gargano and Gargano still got up. Like they, it, the the story about it that was even better is that Gargano's rage is what continues to do him in. He is so obsessed with getting with destroying Ciampa, not winning. He wants to destroy him that it costs him every single time.
1: The handcuff spot and people were like, "Oh, that's kind of cheesy. I thought it was genius. Just yeah. leaning off of the stage so your feet touch and you stand up.
2: But it's like, all, all, all Gargano had to do was continue to kick him until he was unconscious. And then you'd be like, oh, count to ten. But he was so mad, he wanted to kill Ciampa so bad that he hurt himself. Yeah. And if you go back to the last match, it was the same thing. He was so, so filled with rage that he made a mistake. And he, he continues to make a mistake because he's so pissed off. It's the beauty of storytelling, which, like, the main roster lacks a lot. Oh, yeah. This was, this was a, I mean, to me, there's some people that didn't like the match. What the fuck, Eric? I enjoyed the shit. Like, uh, that was credit. great. Yeah, no, NXT, I mean, continues to be great.
1: And going from here, an unpopular opinion. Surprise, surprise. But I, I think Ciampa and Gargano has, have to run it back at War Games. But I think Ciampa shouldn't be the champion. Even though he's an amazing champion, um, I, I think he should drop the belt coming up on, on TV to Adam Cole. And I, 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 think we, I think we should find out Adam Cole attacked... Aleister Black, and that's how you get the main event between Cole and Black. Um, well, and then you they still all, let Gargano and Ciampa just run it back, but not in the main event.
2: Well, one, they already ruled out Undisputed Era having every, anything to do with it, like last week on NXT television. So they already ruled the Undisputed Era having anything to do with Black.
1: How? They, I, they left in the car.
2: Yeah, but they, I can't remember what they said. Somebody will probably remind us. But they said something that completely rules them out oh. of the attack. Um, two, Ciampa should hold on to this title for an extended period of time. Three, if this, if this is an out there conception, but how about if you're going to call them up, call them up and have them do this, the final finalize the shit at WrestleMania in hell in a cell.
1: Wow. Like, wait, so like their pay-per-view debut is hell in a cell at mania. Yeah. No one's following it. No, like, and I, I understand, but Vince buries half his roster. Cause you can't follow. where do you put it?
2: Uh, well, I know. I, like, I don't think it
1: happens. Where, yeah, where do you put it? Like, even if you wanted to do it, where do you put it on the card?
2: Like, to be clear, I don't think it happens. I just think it would be fun to see Ciampa go up to the main roster, Gargano chase his ass, and then these guys finish their feud at WrestleMania.
1: If you tell me they're going to give him 30 minutes, put that shit on pre-show, and I'd, sit, I'd make the pre-show appointment view it. Yeah, so I mean, it's
2: just because I feel like Gargano chasing Champa is like the funnest thing right now, and to bleed it over into the the main roster would be extremely fun. Also, yeah, those two guys are eventually going to have to get called up. I don't know where they go after this, but why not? I mean, I, like I said from the beginning, I want them to finish this in the cell, so we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, um, so that's NXT. Real quick, let's go through SummerSlam. Um, I don't even. We talked about the cruiserweight match. And kind of how it fell a little bit short this year. Just because the weekly television is so good. It was a bad representation of what we've been, what I've been saying. Like, yo, know, five Live is so great, blah, blah, blah. And that match was worse than the past five main events from Tuesdays.
2: Absolutely. It, it makes no sense. It was sense. a waste of time. Waste of time.
1: Yep. Um, and then we had Andrade Cianalmas and Zelina Vega beating Lana and Rusev. Yeah, fuck out of here. Move on. Whatever. Whatever. Um, they're just giving them something to do, which is fine. Because Rusev was just some, in the main event picture, main event. Um, so having Almas in there with him isn't like a bad thing. They have Almas in there with worse people. Uh, we have the B team beating the revival.
2: Yeah, I, the Slater the Slater Rhino 2018 gimmick is getting kind of old. Yeah, like I, look,
1: I'm okay with them throwing them a bone, right? Because it, it's cool that someone built their own gimmick. They got themselves over. Like I, I don't mind that. But eventually, you just got to know when, when to jump off the bike.
2: Yeah, and, and the Revival is just a better team. The tag team division would be much better with the Revival as champions. But alas, here we are. I
1: think the Revival probably takes it off from the next pay per view. But oh. it seems like the Revival are still in the mix, which is great. Um, yeah. They didn't take them out of the picture. I think they insert AOP sooner or later, but um, I'm not mad at what they're doing. And I think like the Revival will hit their stride. And when they become champions and top guys and get the mic work and the time, I think that's when we really see him shot. All the other established tag teams are on SmackDown, so they have time to build. On Raw, um, then we have Seth Rollins with Dean Ambrose in the corner versus Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. I did not know this match was twenty-two minutes. Uh, it, was, it was, it
2: was good. It was a pretty good match. I liked um, it. I thought
1: it was, I thought it was a really good match. There wasn't the shenanigans and the run-ins and every and the, you yeah. know, the interference. I thought you know Dean and uh, Drew McIntyre had the nice little spot outside, but it didn't distract from the actual match, which I liked. Yeah,
2: that's, that was fine. Um, New Day and the Bludgeon Brothers. We're going to run through this because I got to yeah. wrap this up soon. New Day and the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, yeah, the New Day won the titles on SmackDown. I don't understand the point of this, how, why this happened at SummerSlam the way it did, but it was, it was basically, I think, Vince has looked at the Bludgeon Brothers like they're really giving us nothing to take the titles off of.
1: Oh, what's his face got hurt, Rowan.
2: Rowan tore his uh
1: tore his bicep during this match later and then yeah yeah, instead of getting surgery he decided to wrestle the next night in the no holds barred match to drop the belts correctly so that's what happened that's why the bludgeon brothers end came so abruptly it's because he got hurt so he's out for probably six to eight months um Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens squash match we're gonna spend less time talking about this than the actual match I refuse it makes no sense I didn't even see Kevin Owens on Raw no clue what the hell they're doing with him disgusting move on um charlotte flair versus becky lynch and carmella not a bad match charlotte looks really good becky he'll turn yeah. afterwards i guess that's gonna be the feud no clue where oscar goes <laughs> like, a, she, like you can't it's... reinsert her right like she's her, her thing I... her winning the royal rumble her chasing the title for the entire summer, ends in her actually losing to Carmella because of Ellsworth, and then they cut Ellsworth right afterwards and Carmella drops the title. I don't understand it. Unless it's, it's all hard. Rousey, Bilking, and Charlotte has to be looked at as an incredible champion leading up to the eventual Charlotte-Rousey, probably wrestlemania main event.
2: Well, what the biggest problem with all of this is the Becky Lynch heel turn, it didn't get the desired effect.
1: No, no they one's want- buying that. People <laughs> love her.
2: Yo, the crowd went nuclear, and then they loved it. I loved it because she's been the bridesmaid, never the bride. Like, she was the first SmackDown Women's Champion. Nobody remembers. So, yeah, I, I get the heel turn. Everybody gets the heel turn. And we're happy for the heel turn. <laughs> I don't know where Carmella goes from here. More no, important, she, not, I,
1: she shouldn't go anywhere. She should go to wherever Lana is.
2: Like The point, the fact of the matter is Asuka's getting the shaft. We'll talk about that maybe another week, but uh, the, the Becky-Charlotte few can be good, but they they can't keep Becky heel for long, because it's just not going to work. No.
1: Um, if Asuka wants to kill some time, crush Carmella for Costner, everything. Do it one-on-one without Ellsworth, all this stuff, and then try to get into a number one contenders match. I don't know. Charlotte's not coming off of that belt before WrestleMania. I think we see a champion versus champion match. Um, in all honesty, I think her and and Rousey, who we're talking about, fuck it, talk about now. Rousey versus Bliss. Rousey squashes Alexa Bliss, in which someone was like, okay, you know, Rousey can go against Nia because he's believable. And that someone who has some measurables, so you believe it that a UFC champion would struggle with someone that big. There's no reason she should struggle with Bliss, so she squashed her. I was like, all right, ha. cool. Ha! Here's the counter. Then why
2: didn't that same uh, knowledge, that, that same mentality apply to Asuka and Carmella?
1: That's true. It makes no sense. It, it, that is very true. I don't know. I should have retorted with so, that. That should have been my comeback.
2: That being said, Ronda's won the title too soon, in my opinion. She didn't need the title. I thought there was going to be shenanigans. I didn't expect Bliss to hang with her. I thought Bliss would run and run and run and run. And then something, some shenanigans would happen that would get Bliss DQ'd and she would retain the title. That didn't happen. They put the title on Ronda. They're teasing this whole Bella thing. Where people were like, people were on me, They were like, oh, you get. I know why they're doing it, cause they're fucking, they're, they're superstars. But this is not good for wrestling. That match could be a fucking car wreck. That
1: Brie match Bella or be a car wreck. No, it's not going to be like, Brie, cause we know what Brie is doing.
2: Yeah, well, and I told you, Brie and Marius are getting involved in that feud. Um, but Ronda versus uh, Nikki Bella in a one-on-one match, which will probably headline All Women's Pay Per View is a terrible idea because it undermines all the work that the women have done. Yep. And it's no fault of Ronda's. I get why they're doing it because it's such a mainstream attraction, like Total Bellas, Ronda Rousey. I get it. But with Sasha, Bailey, Asuka...
1: Well, I'm pretty sure with, they, they put in the women's tag team titles. So Sasha and Bailey will be fine. They're going to be the first but, ever women's tag team champions.
2: But the thing is, is that that match headlining that event is going to be bad. In terms of the in ring, and it, it makes you think about the divas. They are all over again. Not that they're divas. I'm just saying, yeah. clearly, Ronda's a work in progress, and we haven't seen Nikki in the ring in like actual wrestling in a couple years. So since she got her neck broke since yeah. the last WrestleMania in Dallas, um
1: so it's it's it, gonna be it's not gonna be good. How about not that? Not good. Not good. Anyway, um, and then we have Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. Perfect amount of time. Gave him tons of time to tell the story. I love the ending. Uh, AJ Styles' daughter was the was just the cherry on top of what is going to be an amazing feud. This feels like a real feud.
2: Yes. This is what Nakamura uh, Styles was not, in terms of the clearly defined babyface and heel from the beginning. And then you have a match that really sets the stage for Hell in a Cell and moving forward. Not to mention, like, the match itself... They didn't go crazy like a TNA match, but they planted seeds like Joe trying to tease the Muscle Buster, uh, Styles hitting the, the Styles Clash. Like there was so much, there was so much really well done things here that I, I, I enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to the next one. That's what a real feud should
1: be. I want to see Joe take the belt off of Styles on the Styles chase to get it back.
2: Oh, oh I agree hundred percent. Like I hope I hope that Joe gets the title because he deserves to be a champion. The yeah, fucking- like Hell in the is a
1: perfect way for him to like. Just beat the hell out of Styles, win the belt, and then Styles chase it back into like Rumble or something. Yeah. So I, I like that. Um Miz versus Daniel Bryan didn't mind the match. Thought it was okay. I it. Yeah, like I didn't mind the match at all. I ended how it, it should have ended with Miz winning. And he had to win yep. somehow. So Maurice gets involved. It looks like we're gonna get uh and we are, they announced it, we're gonna get the mixed tag match at Hell in a Cell. Which I don't mind at all because I want to drag this out until Mania season, and you got to do something.
2: I don't think they'll drag it out till Mania. I think I think this has a good it has a six month es- expiration, but uh, I think it'll be fun because I, I no, feel Well, like you have the
1: Royal pick- Rumble, which is a gimmick match that you can have Daniel Bryan win. If Miz somehow in between becomes champion due to shenanigans, then that's fine. Think- Even if he's not champion, that's cool. But you have Survivor Series, which is a series of gimmick matches where you can put them on a five-on-five five and extend it there. So between that, the Rumble, they're both in the Rumble. Maybe Daniel Bryan cost the Miz or Miz costs Daniel Bryan when Daniel Bryan looks like he's going to win. Um, you, you extend a the few. There's only so many major pay-per-views left. You can drag it out.
2: I don't need it until maybe. Like I Personally, I'd like to see you know, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, or Samoa Joe in the mix for the title. Oh, that'd be great, yeah. Like, like, like I, I, like, I feel like this feud can end around Royal Rumble, and I'll be fine with that. That's cool. Um, but I th- the match itself I thought was fun. And I think the mixed tag match, yeah, people are going to complain, but it is what it is. Like, this feud is, has been going on long enough so they can add, like, weird stipulations. I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah, uh, Balor versus Corbin comes out as the demon. I was hyped. I popped crazy. And you and the cynics out there got what you wanted. Complete squash match.
2: Yeah, I mean, it had to be a squash, right? Look, look, the demon came out for the wrong person, but we got the right result. The demon squashes uh, Baron Corbin. Now I'm just curious where the demon goes from here. Because the demon loses the next night to Roman Reigns.
1: No, Finn lost the next night to Roman Reigns. The demon, I think, will remain undefeated. So next time we see a demon, it'll be in a title picture, and we know what the hell's going to happen.
2: Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, And By the way,
1: Finn is still wildly over, and the demon character is still wildly over. So whenever they bring it back out, whenever they want to use it, it's going to get an amazing reaction. Look, it, as long it's, as you it's don't, pretty much cemented.
2: Look, as long as you don't do the mythical shit like they did with Bray Wyatt, I don't want to see that that demon. Just no. surprised.
1: Yeah, that's. I don't mind how they're using it. And then we have uh, Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy, which I thought was a pretty good match. Jeff looked really good to me. Uh, the spot on the All apron right. was great. Um, it wasn't a bad match. It was like a, a C match, C a B plus uh, B minus
2: C. Yeah, I gave it. A, I gave it a C plus. I, I mean, the okay. match is just kind of. I mean, the story about Orton was the thing that was lingering yeah. over this match. And it could have.
1: It could have been worse. You know what? For Nakamura's standards, he could have mailed it in. I don't think he did.
2: I mean. No, it was what it was. It was, a, it was a match that was in the wrong spot in a very long show. Somebody was going to suffer this yeah. match, did. There's no um, the baby
1: faces on uh, SmackDown, by the way. I don't know who Nakamura Fuse was next. No idea. Um, and then we have Rousey versus Alexa Bliss. We said that. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Oh, We get to tease Cashin. And it looks like, okay, this is why Kevin Owens is squash. Braun Strowman is here. And then... We never get to cash in because Lesnar is so distracted by Braun Strowman that he takes him out, leaving Reigns to take out Lesnar and win. And Vince McMahon to cut off the pay-per-view like the light bill wasn't paid and they turned his shit off.
2: Um, so I'll, say, I'll put it like this. the At the expense of Kevin Owens, they kept Strowman with the title to make it look like he was going to cash in. That was the only way that that crowd was going to revolt against this match. <clears throat> It's a great booking decision by the WWE to keep people invested in the main event. I hate that it came at the expense of Kevin Owens. If the, There was no real better way to put the title on Roman Reigns than what just happened.
1: Yeah.
2: That being said, I didn't, I didn't care for it. I just, this, there was no other way they could pull this off. Dre, that, I mean, it was a
1: six-minute match, and half of it was staring at Strowman. Yeah, That's so- the problem.
2: That is the problem. But there was there was no other way. Like there was I didn't want to see this match devolve into a finisher versus finisher match again. Yeah. I didn't want to see this match last 10 minutes. I, I needed some shenanigans to keep me interested because it was a long show, but it wasn't that bad of a show. Summer was pretty good overall. Best SummerSlam they had since he moved to New York. But that being said, this was the only way they could get the title off of Brock. And fine. I just I still don't care for it. I still don't care for Rome as a champion. And well, now have- we can talk about. We can talk about The Shield.
1: So now, Monday Night Raw. I don't mind Roman as champion because it's the first time the belt was defended on Monday Night Raw. Someone said since, like, 2017. Kevin Owens. It's crazy, but it it made Raw feel good. Like, it made Raw feel bigger than it was. Raw beat the VMAs. Like, it finally cracked, like, a three rating. Like, it felt big because your champion is there. 30 minutes against Finn towards the end. Finn definitely deserved the title shot. They had a good match. Borderline great match. Like, that was a good, good television match. And then at the end, you get the teased. Strowman comes out again. He's about to give uh, Roman the hands. He actually hands over the briefcase. Everything's ready, except the bell doesn't ring. And we get the shield come out. Full shield garb, even though they wrestled earlier in the night. And put Braun through this table, which is a heel-ass move. But everyone's saying that the shield aren't going heel. And Braun's going to have to flip-flop again which is fucking ridiculous. Just let the shield be heels. Let Dean Ambrose be a maniac like he looks like a maniac and uh, let them rock with it, Roman. I mean, Reigns is a champion. Uh, We have Rollins as a champion. Dean's just a fucking lunatic. Just roll with that and have him be heels and just wrecking people, Strowman included.
2: That is absolutely not going to happen. Seth Rollins is way too over to turn heel right now. He's way too over. Not to mention Roman. They've worked all this time to keep Roman from turning heel. They're not going to turn him heel now. But Braun's not going to be a heel either. So this is going to be like. Face uh, versus face? Or
1: face versus monster feud?
2: Yeah, it's going to be a face versus monster feud. I mean, look, if, if you've got to bring the shield back together, fine. I, it's, it's weird. I'm, I'm curious how they handle this moving forward, but there's just no way you could turn the shield here. They're just. Like it they, just doesn't work.
1: Like we say all the time, they're booking everything for Ronda Rousey on the women's side. At this point, everything else doesn't have to make sense as long. <clears throat> excuse me. As long as Roman Reigns gets over, they're booking everything to keep Roman Reigns from getting booed out of the building.
2: Yeah. All other storylines.
1: Fuck it. Like if something else, you know what? We don't know. We're doing two weeks from now, but week for week, we're building whatever we can to make sure he doesn't get booed.
2: Yeah. So this is what we get. And I mean, it is what it is. We'll see. I'm more curious to see what happens in the following weeks. Um, you know, how they explain all this and how they keep both sides from going heel because Braun's not a heel either. He's super over. So you know, we got we got uh this feud, so we'll see how it plays out. Yeah,
1: we shall see. Um that's our show for today. Hopefully you guys liked it. A lot of wrestling talk today. Um we'll review the UFC next week. We have a UFC card actually coming up soon. I don't think it's next weekend, but it should be the weekend after. Um more wrestling. We'll see. We'll see who does some dumb shit that we have to talk about in the world of pop culture as well. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, at the Corner LSN, on all platforms. Me, at Kel Dansby, him, at Andreas Hale. Thanks for listening once again. I'm going to go get some rest because I'm still sick as hell. So that means we're out.
2: Peace.